This is the Victory Podcast. Every week, we'll share an inspiring message about God's grace and forgiveness for you, wherever you're at in life. Your victory starts now. We'll be focusing on the words from Matthew chapter 14, Peter walking on the water. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone. And the boat was already a considerable distance from land. It was not by the shore. He's not walking on the shore, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me! Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Lord God, we thank you for the blessing and the opportunity to set aside this precious time to, to sit at your feet, to hear your word. And we pray, Lord God, that you use it to strengthen our faith, that we leave, leave here stronger Christians than the ones that came. And don't let anything I'm doing get in the way of the work of your Holy Spirit. In your name we pray, amen. Is your faith stronger today than it was a year ago? Is your faith stronger today than it was six months ago? Last week, is your faith stronger today than it was yesterday? The reason I ask that is because of a sermon I remember hearing back in high school that the, the preacher said that our faith is never static. And I think he's right. Our faith never just stays like this. And that way, our faith is, is kind of like our, our physical health. You can't say, you know what? I'm going to eat right and exercise this week, and then I'm going to take off the next six months. And I can just live on the hard work I put in today. Our physical health is always changing. It's always adapting. We're either getting stronger and healthier or we're getting weaker and sicker. And it's the same with our faith. Either we're getting stronger or we're getting weaker in faith. We're either increasing and growing or we're shrinking and dying. So let me ask you again. Is your faith stronger today than it was yesterday? Well, the Bible says that God wants us to get stronger. 
He uses all sorts of illustrations for that. The, the Bible wants us to mature in faith, to become more fruitful, to be, get stronger. He wants us to be stronger. But, but how does he do that? Well, today we're concluding our sermon series, Summer Vacations. And because it's the end of the summer, we're going to take one last trip out to the lake. Same lake that Pastor Bill preached on last week, uh, Sea of Galilee, Galilee or Lake Gennesaret. And we're going to look at a story that only Matthew tells us about Peter walking on the water. And this is all about faith. And in this reading, we're going to see and answer this question, how does Jesus grow our faith? How does Jesus grow our faith? So I'm going to go back to this story of Jesus walking on the water. And it's a story that is pretty unique because it's mentioned in three of the four biographies of Jesus or Gospels. Uh, The story of Jesus walking on the water is mentioned in Matthew, it's mentioned in Mark, and it's mentioned in John. And in each one of those accounts, they all set it up the same way. First, they tell of the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000. It's a pretty memorable story where he feeds a crowd of 5,000 people with five loaves of bread and two fish. And afterwards, there's 12 basketfuls of bread left over. One basket for every disciple. As a, as a physical proof of the provision and providence and power of Jesus. And then after that, all three gospels say that Jesus now tells the disciples to go out on the water. In fact, this is how Matthew says it. Jesus immediately, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. Now, the Greek is even stronger there. It wasn't just made. It says, Jesus compelled. He forced them. Kind of like a mother kind of pushing the child out in the deep end to to go swimming. You know, he, he made them go out into the water. Now, why did he do this? Well, it says in the next verse, after he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. And so he he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Jesus made them go out on the water and he dismissed the crowd so he could be alone to pray to his heavenly father. And what was he praying about? It doesn't say in the text, but he's probably praying about his disciples. He's setting them up. He knows what the forecast is. He knows what's going to happen. He's setting them up for an opportunity to exercise their faith. Because it says in the, in the next line here, it says, Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land. It's a pretty sizable lake. I looked this up online. It's like halfway between, if you know, Green Lake and Lake Winnebago, kind of halfway between those. It's a substantial lake. It can be 150 feet deep at some places. So they're way out in the middle of this lake, being buffeted by the waves, because the wind was against them. Shortly before dawn, literally about 4 a.m., Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. Now I want you to picture yourself at 4 a.m. in the middle of a storm. This heavy wind is against you. And it's 4 a.m. and you see this figure coming out to you walking on the lake. What are you thinking? (laughs) probably thinking the same things the disciples thought. They thought it was a ghost. Next verse, it says, When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. 
It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. Jesus wanted them to be there. He compelled them to go out there. He knew the forecast. He knew what the challenge. And when they saw them, they were afraid. But then he answers with a word of good news, a, a, a word of gospel comfort. He said, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Now, if you were to look at all three gospel accounts, they're pretty identical up until this point. They all tell this story. Uh, Matthew, Mark, And John all tell this story up until this point. But this is where the gospel of Matthew diverges and tells us a detail that the other gospels don't. Now that's not surprising uh, when it comes to the book of John because when you read the book of John, John was probably written later on um, after the first three gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke had already been written. And John gives us details that the other three gospels don't. John assumes that you've already read the other three gospels. So it's not surprising we don't hear this next story in John. But Mark, according to early tradition, Mark was probably written first. And Mark was inspired by Peter. Mark was, according to early church tradition, Mark was a disciple of Peter. And I don't know why, but it seems like Peter maybe said to Mark, Uh, Let's not add this next story in your gospel. And so now we keep reading, and Matthew says this about Peter. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. I love Peter. Uh, actually, in our podcast last week, uh, Annie Beacon and Matt Harbach and our Climbing Sycamores podcast, we were laughing about this because Annie and I really resonate with Peter, you know, this, this kind of guy who, who jumps first and tries to figure out where to land second, you know, kind of this impulsive behavior. I just resonate. Like every turn, Peter's kind of just making these big decisions. And he says, you know, Jesus, that's you walking on the water? I want to do that. If that's you, let me come out to you. And I think maybe we would assume Peter would, or Jesus would say something like, you know, what are you thinking? Or why would you ask such a crazy thing? It, it looks like irrational. It looks uh, crazy. That's not how Jesus sees it. Jesus sees it as an act of faith. He says, come. He says, come. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. He asked this this big question, and it it got me thinking, you know, maybe some of the reasons that we don't experience God in our life, maybe sometimes it's because we haven't asked. Maybe we're too afraid of the answer. Maybe we don't believe that that God can actually do these things. But but Peter did. He asked this great big question, and, and Jesus granted it. And for a moment, he's walking on the water. And if you had maybe a a graph of Peter's faith, it looked like in this moment he was growing in faith. His faith was kind of going up and to the right. He was increasing and getting stronger in faith. He's walking on the water. But as I mentioned in the introduction, our faith is not static. It doesn't just stay where it always stays. It's always fluctuating And Peter's incredible strong faith is short-lived. Because in verse 30, it says this, But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. 
Peter started thinking about what's actually happening here. What am I doing out here? This is a, this is a hundred feet deep water. And look at all these waves and, and look at all, how strong the wind is. And I'm going to sink right to the bottom. What am I thinking? Why am I doing this? I can't walk on water. This doesn't make any sense at all. And he starts to look at his problems. He starts to look at the situation. He starts to look at all the things around him. And he takes his eyes off Jesus. And he begins to sink. And as he starts to sink to the bottom, he cries out in desperation, Lord, save me. That honest prayer of of desperation, which you could say is is a prayer of faith, believing that there's somebody on the other end that, that is hearing that prayer. And it says, immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. That Jesus listened to that prayer of faith and responded and rescued because that's who Jesus is. He's a rescuer. He's a savior. After they get back in the boat, Jesus says to them, or to Peter, you of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when Jesus says, you of little faith, he tells us that this whole account, this whole story is really about faith. It's really teaching us something about faith. And so what is faith according to this story? Well, according to kind of our modern day culture, the way we look at faith, you know, faith is maybe kind of this dream or wish. You're kind of like a Peter Pan kind of faith. Like if you just have enough positive thoughts, then you can fly, right? Um, You know, believe in yourself, just have faith. You know, we say these kinds of things, but according to this story, Christian faith is not like that. Christian faith is about its object, about what it's trusting in, about what it's clinging to. Christian faith is about giving up on yourself and not focusing on your circumstances and clinging to Jesus. And and Jesus gave them reasons to put their faith in him. As I mentioned, all three gospel accounts tell the story of of Jesus feeding the 5,000 right before this account reminding them that he provides and he's powerful. And then he comes out to them walking on the water. And then when Peter asked to walk on the water, Jesus says, come out, walk on the water. They had much reason to put their trust in him, to have faith in Jesus. And we have even more. See, not only maybe you could point to certain circumstances where maybe God healed you or took care of you or provided for you or answered a prayer, But even more objectively, at this time in their life, they had not seen Jesus live for them, die for them on the cross, and be raised to them. But we have. We have the eyewitness accounts that he really died for our sins to prove his love for us, and he really rose to prove his power. We have every reason to put our faith not in ourselves, but in Jesus. But how does that faith grow? All right, that's what faith is. Faith is about having an object, about trusting in something outside of yourself, about trusting in Jesus. But, but how does that faith grow? Well, at every point of this reading, we see that, that Jesus is putting them in places that are over their head. You know, sometimes I hear uh, people saying, uh, God will not give you more than you can handle. Have you ever said that? 
You heard that? God will not give you more than you can handle. That's really kind of twisting a verse that's in Corinthians. The Bible doesn't say God will not give you more than you can handle. Sometimes God allows us to have more than we can handle. They're put in a place beyond their, what they can handle. They're, they're put way out in the water. The, the waves are going against them. Peter is walking on the water. That's way more than he can handle. But God gives us more than we can handle so that we are challenged, so that we're strengthened, so that we have an opportunity to exercise our faith, to be challenged, to to put our focus on him. Over and over again, he's compelling them to go out into the water. He's welcoming Peter out onto the water. He's putting them in tough, challenging situations so that they have an opportunity to strengthen their faith. And so I think that answers our opening question. How does Jesus grow our faith? Sometimes God uses crisis to increase our faith. That's a really Lutheran idea. 500 years ago, Martin Luther talked about this distinction between a theology of glory, that life is all about our glory, our success, our triumph, Versus a theology of the cross, the reality that God allows crosses in our life so that we would trust in Christ's cross. In fact, Luther went on to say there are actually three things that make a theologian or somebody strong in faith, somebody who studies and worships God. And because he's a professor, he had to use Latin. And I don't know much Latin. But he said it this way. He said, oratio, meditatio, and tentatio. These are the three things that make someone strong in faith. Oratio means to pray. That you pray and you call out to God like Peter did. Lord, save me. That you get on your knees and God, save me. We pray. That increases our faith. And he says to meditate. Now, this is not like an Eastern meditation, just like uh, thinking, you know, clearing your head or just having mindfulness practices. To meditate, or Luther would say, to meditate on the scriptures to meditate on the word of God. But then the third thing that Luther said will make a theologian, make you grow in faith is tentatio. And when he used the German, again, I don't know much German, but he he used this word, infectum. And it's almost a word that's untranslatable. It means kind of like crisis, like this internal crisis that you might have, this this doubt you have about yourself, this challenge you have, or or it's these crises that come from outside of you, these, these crosses that God allows in your life so you would stop just trusting in yourself and trusting in Christ's cross. Now, that's not what always happens. Sometimes when we're challenged, like Peter, we'll look at our pain and our problems, and this opportunity that God has given us to strengthen our faith We focus way too much on the situation. But God wants us to embrace these crosses, embrace these challenges, and use the challenges to fix our eyes on Jesus. That's how you grow in faith. That's what it means to be strong in faith. You see, whatever you look at gets bigger. Whatever you focus on gets bigger in your life. If you focus on the pain and the problems, that will get bigger. If you want to make yourself stressed out and depressed, I know this from personal experience, look deeper and and think more about your pain and your problems. 
If you want to face the, or experience this peace that surpasses all understanding, fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. It allowed Peter to even walk on the water when his eyes were fixed on Jesus. So what does this look like in our day-to-day life? Well, maybe you're like the disciples and Jesus has compelled you to go into a situation that you are not asking for. Like Jesus compelled them to go out into the water and he knew the forecast and he put them out in those wind and waves, that challenging situation. And maybe that's where you are today. You're part of a company that's going down under. It's going down and you, you, you didn't know why. You, you didn't, this wasn't something you asked for. Or maybe you got a health diagnosis out of nowhere. This wasn't something that you did. This wasn't something that's your fault. It just, it happened. And so you find yourself in that situation, that crisis. Listen to the words that Jesus spoke to those disciples. Take courage. It's I. Don't be afraid. Fix your eyes on Jesus. When you find yourself in that situation, you are not asking for. But maybe you're more like Peter, a little impulsive like myself, right? Where you took a step, maybe it was a step of faith. You felt like God was leading you down this direction to start that business, to start that family, to go in that direction. You took that step of faith, and now you see all the wind and the wave all churning around you. And you feel like at any moment you could drown. Call out to the Lord, Lord, save me, and fix your eyes on Jesus. Use that opportunity to strengthen your faith. See, God's goal for you, his desire for you, what he wants more than your happiness, more than your financial success, more than great health, more than any other thing, God wants you to grow in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. God wants you to be stronger today than you were yesterday. And to get you there, he does allow challenges and crisis and and hard things. And so embrace the challenge that you're going through today. Embrace the crisis that, that God has allowed. Embrace it all and use it all to fix your eyes on Jesus the author and perfecter of your faith. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, we we do believe. Help our unbelief. Increase our faith. Help us to to leave here stronger, uh, more focused on you, more devoted to you because of who you are and what you've done. You are our Savior and our God. We ask this sincerely in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Victory Podcast, brought to you by Victory of the Lamb in Franklin, Wisconsin. For video sermon archives, more information about us, and to let us know how we can meet you where you're at, go to victoryofthelamb.com.